0: Hey everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 82. We talk about email, email, and more email stuff. This is the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are either using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Craig, how are you? Look pretty good and glad I had that coffee earlier. Keep, I know. Keep me awake. I'm going to call it the late episode. <laughs> it's very late tonight as we
1: record on Wednesday the 26th of April. At 10 p.m. <laughs>
0: all right well inbound thought of the week craig and now this is a very interesting one this is in response to uh creative top 10 from the week before so if you haven't listened to this go and listen to episode 81 we do a creative top 10 on a product that we both love and use what was interesting is we suggested about doing some email marketing uh about no pong and so one of the co-founders responded back to us with quite a detail which is really impressive right And I shared that with you. And they mentioned they made a deliberate choice not to send emails to people because they would be clogging up their email box, which I found fascinating.
1: I was really surprised when I saw that. And well, hats off to them for making a decision because it sounds like they're really successful without needing email to follow up. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still puzzled by it because. Baffled? Well, baffled and surprised and kind of optimistic that actually if they did do a bit of email marketing after the fact and it wasn't, you know, overwhelming, I think it could be useful because I just think as a customer, getting an email from them that gives me value, I wouldn't think of that as an intrusion. I'd actually quite appreciate it. And you've had a similar experience with products you've bought where you've actually got a value-added email Totally.
0: I'll explain to you. I've got a little Dyson, one of those cordless vacuum cleaners, which I registered obviously when I got it. But it was really cool. Like I got an email saying, uh, it's time to clean, wash out your filter. And that's what it said, right? It was a really slick email. I really like, I, I thought, oh, that's really great. Like, so I went, I went straight away and washed out my filter. But you know what? For I, re- I forever remember that email. <laughs> and I t- I've told a few people about it because it added value. And I think in the same way with Nopong, you could actually get customer feedback. You could prompt people to maybe purchase who've actually forgotten to order. Uh, if you knew where they'd lived, you could say, you know, you can get it at these locations if they forget, etc. Because it's interesting. Like I spoke to about to a friend of mine and, and she goes, oh, you know, you can go. There's a store near, near, near us. And I didn't really think about it because for me it was like, I'll just order this online and get it delivered. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm considering because if I ever forget, I want to give someone to someone, I'll just pop into the shop and collect it and, so give it to someone. You can use it in many different ways. And we'll discuss this episode about using where we use emails in different ways and in different times with prospective people. So,
1: Right. And speaking
0: of which. On to our marketing feature of the week,
1: Craig. All right. And this is actually about sending follow-up emails uh, to people based on some criteria. For example, they didn't. Uh, actually open or respond to yep. an email. Now, we've discussed this a number of times, I think, in earlier shows, but I think it's worth recapping. And so with HubSpot, what you can do is you can actually create smart lists based on criteria. So one of them could be they received this email, but they didn't open it. Okay. And based on that, you can create a smart list. So what we do, and this is common, say, for newsletters, in fact, we do it with all customers on newsletters. We yes. basically say if they, whenever we send a newsletter, if they received it but they didn't open it, the next day we send it again and we all we do is change the subject line to say reminder, colon, and then whatever the original yeah, subject right. line okay. was. And it's almost close to doubling the open rate because people get it again and maybe they just saw it, they didn't see it the first time because of timing or whatever, and then they click through. So it's actually a, it's kind of a no-brainer way yep. to increase open rate. And the second one, and this is uh, more for e-commerce stores that uh, we're starting to think through, is just the idea that uh, an email goes out with, say, a promotion, and we actually are seeing that some people, they open it and then they click through, but we can tell that they didn't actually purchase. Yep. We create a special smart list for them because then we can target them with a follow-up. Oh, by the way... Don't miss out or that kind of thing. So, we've got some screenshots in the show notes just showing how we set those kind of criteria. You can have a look at those. And yeah, please leave us a comment with the kinds of ways you use those smart lists to create email follow up uh, workflows.
0: Alright, onto our marketing tip of the week, Craig, and this is to do with abandoned cart emails, CAN-SPAM and CASL compliance. Yes. That sounds like a mouthful.
1: Yes. Uh this is interesting because uh we're looking at uh using abandoned cart emails. Yes, follow-ups. which is
0: becoming quite common, especially if you've got a online store.
1: Yeah, and the way this happened or the way this conversation came about was I actually contacted HubSpot support because I wanted, I was, without going into the techie details, I was looking for a way to um, trigger an abandoned cart follow-up in HubSpot yep. based on someone using a WooCommerce store. Yep. Uh, anyway, the, they came back with some thoughts on how to do that and using the API, etc. But one of the things that support said is, oh, just be careful to make sure you're complying with can-spam laws. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I better look into that. So the reason we've got this tip around it in the show is it's actually important that you think around abandoned cart emails, whether they are actually compliant. And the problem with it is that there's so many different opinions on it. But what we've done is we've included a few links in the show notes, and I'll give you a few summary points just to think about as a marketing manager, if you're sending these and this is not legal advice. This is just kind of marketing advice, (laughs) But you've got to know the difference between what a transactional email is and a commercial or promotional email. Now, abandoned cart emails where you just follow them up and say, by the way, we've noticed your cart's still here, uh, but you haven't purchased, that actually can be considered a transactional email. Okay. So it means in terms of compliance with CanSpam or others, CanSpam is an American one, but the, the really stringent one is the, is the Canadian laws that they've brought in place uh, it actually can be considered transactional, which does mean you don't necessarily need to get full consent in order to send them that email. Because okay. a transactional because email... The process
0: of a transaction. Yeah,
1: a transactional email means you can send it because it's important to the transaction. So that's something to consider. Canada does have different rules to can spam. They're a bit more stringent on it. Here's the thing that I didn't know. And um, thanks to Sue Ellen, actually, uh, for pointing this out. Hi, Sue Ellen. Um, alerting me to this, um, if you send an abandoned cart email, you're allowed to send up to three follow-ups. If they don't end up purchasing, you can't actually keep them in your database. You've actually got to delete them out. Really? So, yeah. So this is important because if
0: Is this only in Canada or is this everywhere?
1: No, this is... You can assume this is a blanket rule for CANSPAM compliance as well. Yeah. So the summary being, if you send them a follow-up, That you abandon the cart. This assumes they're not already in the database, right? So they're a new contact. You send them follow-ups. They don't end up purchasing. You've actually got to delete them out. You can't actually follow them up with other emails. Yeah, right. Which then raises, well, if I did actually get them into HubSpot and follow them, I'd actually have to have a workflow rule that says, well, if they didn't purchase within, say, a day or so, I've actually got to delete them out. So that's something to be aware of. So for marketing managers, um, listening to this, Again, this is marketing advice, not legal advice, and we've included some links in the show notes. You need to investigate that um, just in relation to your store and also where you're actually located geographically and local rules that you need to be compliant with. So, yeah.
0: That is very fascinating, Craig. All right, we brought up our podcast of the week. It's uh, jumped its way up a bit today, and this is an episode from Digital Marketer, episode 93, and it includes a discussion about abandoned cart emails.
1: Yes, and again, thanks to Sue Ellen for <laughs> pointing me to this digital marketer. They interviewed uh, Syed Balki, He's the co-founder of Optin Monster, which is kind of a um, plug-in, plug-in for yeah for showing things. It's a basically lead flow yeah. um, on steroids. It's really good. Yeah, and he talks about this particular issue in more detail, just abandoned cart follow-up. So yeah. worth worth a listen or the full show notes. Got a transcription there, so you can click through and read that.
0: All right, onto to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is to do with HubSpot email tracking or in the tool. It's called the sales activity stream. Now, why we're highlighting this is that, and this is what HubSpot says about it, know um, the second a lead opens an email, clicks a link, downloads an attachment, and then send them a perfectly timed follow-up. So I've actually talked about this from a lead perspective. Now, to necessarily use it in that manner. But the three things that I've, we really love about the tool is that knowing who has not opened your email, so you can actually follow them up because they might have missed it. So again, like we've discussed earlier, knowing when people click a link in your email and visit uh, a particular link. And the third one is when they v- revisit your site. So they've actually clicked on something or they've land back on your site after you've sent them something. They might not necessarily have clicked, but they've actually visited your site. It actually tracks that as well. So... I'll put a screenshot there of some of the things that we've highlighted. It's actually really interesting. And you can use that data to see where people are in a process of actually talking to you. Because when I tend to find when people revisit, like you'll probably find they've revisited my contact page and then they've started calling us. And that's quite a common behavior. (laughs) Even though my details are in an email somewhere, they still go through to the website. So that's quite a key attribute of what happens
1: that's really nice can i ask you in the screenshot um, yep. when they revisit, revisit there's that call button there. Is that, yeah is that new or is that for everyone or is that just because you've got the call um, no option so, enabled
0: yeah i've got it enabled but it's actually on there for every contact that has a number
1: even if they're not using the paid yeah Correct. so f- yeah. free cr okay nice. yeah because i
0: think there's 15 minutes included of course yeah though. right free option so it's there to be taken advantage of oh that's really nice i hadn't noticed that before uh and another thing that i love actually is that if it can pick up from the location that someone opened or click the link it'll actually show where that location is where they've opened it on what kind of device is it a desktop is it a mobile device and that's another great thing because you can really get an, a sense of where people are generally reading their emails. It's nice if they're on mobile because then you call them straight away. That's like,
1: right. It's the mobile. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that's funny. I was just looking at your site.
0: <laughs> so it, these are all like tools that we have up our in our arsenal, I guess, and up our sleeves to use. So I generally, I would encourage you to look at it because it it can make a massive difference. Like. Say this in one instance is that maybe not related directly to this tool, but one thing I love about HubSpot is that, like someone's filled, filled out the form, they've come in as a lead. I see them actually visit pages on the site. When I actually get that lead, obviously it's to the request is to call them, and I call them within a couple of minutes. They're like, "Whoa, hello, oh, like you've called me this quickly," and that's exactly what I did. I came up on the app, I clicked call, connected, and had the conversation straight away. And I think that's powerful. That is powerful. There's a statistic, like every minute that you take, so when they're put in a form, especially when they're interested to talk to you on a sale, every minute that you take longer to get back to them is lost time or, or takes longer to convert them. You
1: know what? I think there's a psychology aspect to that because I know myself, so availability bias here, but I know myself, I don't like getting calls from people. But if they call straight after I've filled out a form, There's something about being impressed about that that makes me take the call and talk to them. Yeah. Even though if they'd called a couple of hours later, I would have been, oh, how do I get rid of them? You know, it's annoying that you're calling me because it is so quick. There's something that gets through. I actually am impressed. And, yeah.
0: I think there. what's going to happen is that if people can do that within a reasonable time, even outside of office hours, I think those people will win the race.
1: Yeah, well, it certainly differentiates them. Yeah. You remember them. And we talk about them. You're yes. like, and I know I've actually been with customers when they say, oh, uh, uh, we did, I filled out a form. I got a call from someone like two minutes later and, was like, and they tell me about it. It's like, yes. mm, wow, you're telling me you got a phone call? Who cares, right? <laughs> it is. It actually makes an impact on them. It so does. You're, ex- it you're does. exactly it right. It does.
0: And I know for a fact because people have always mm. said to me, Like, especially if they're looking for a service or like they're looking for a service, right? And they go, I'll just call these three guys because I want to either get them to come and give me a quote or ask them a few questions so I can actually decide whether I want to talk to them or get them over. And a lot of the times I hear from people, most people never respond. So even the guy that rings like much later or responds even by email still gets a look in because most people don't even respond. So the takeaway from this is... If you haven't got any responses recently from your contact forms, please go and test them out because you might have issues And i have had clients that have had issues, like um, they've changed email routing and so on, or the form has broken because things are out of date and they actually don't get any form responses emailed to them. Right. So I would consistently check them to make sure, especially if you're getting leads every day, every few days, and you don't actually see... See anything, go check your forms out. Run a test. Well that's a great idea. But just
1: calling them to check that they got it is a really nice way of doing that and it would catch that anyway. It's kind yep. of like to I oh, just calling to check that you got that okay. Don't want to hassle you and they're like, Oh no, I didn't get it. Oh you should have received an email. No, I didn't get it. Oh. But I checked that. Could yeah, so that's a nice way of catching it.
0: Exactly. All right, Craig, onto our opinion of the week. Privacy in the emails. <laughs> Now, we both use this service called Unroll Me, right? Well, because we, get...
1: we both of us used to. I don't anymore. <laughs>
0: and I And I will not be using them any longer after reading what you've put in here. Uh, basically, they got caught um, selling people's data to other companies such as Uber.
1: Yeah. So this came about because of a um, New York Times article around Uber's shenanigans. But it just happened in that, that they found out that Uber was able to get information about people who were using Lyft who was a competitor and then when that dug into that I found out actually they got that data because they bought the anonymized data from a company called oh, Slice I forget their name Slice who own unroll me right. And what unrollMe were doing so actually I'll talk both sides. what unroll me does for us and why we like it is that it looks through all our emails. And all the things that are newsletters or things that we think are kind of bordering on spam or not useful, it actually gets them, puts them all in the folder, takes them all away, and it gives us an easy way to unsubscribe from them. So we think it's great. And we actually recommended this when... Yeah, we did do it. ...about a year or so ago. Yeah. And I don't know if we said it in the episode, but I know when we were chatting beforehand, we were going, how do they offer this for free? Like, how do they make money? (laughs) And do you remember this? I I, I don't know if I made this up in my mind, but I actually remember us beforehand going... It doesn't say on the site. We were looking through the site. How do they make, oh, maybe they're a startup and they're going to to monetize this, right? Clearly they were monetizing. I'll tell you the way they did, yeah. And it's hidden in their privacy policy because we all go to look there, right? Anyway, in their privacy policy, they say, yeah, we anonymize the data and sell it on. Anyway, so this all blew up last week. And um, then the funny thing is the CEO of Unroll Me came up with this blog post, kind of.
0: We can do better.
1: We can do better. It's like. (laughs) Anyway, we've linked to it. Go and look at the comments. It's just gold. People are panning this guy and <coughs> rightly so, in my opinion. That's why it's opinion of the week. Others chime in and go, hello, it was free. What do you think? If it's for free, you're the product, right? Yeah. So I totally get that. And, you know, we probably perhaps should have looked more deep. We should have combed the privacy policy yes. for that and we'll know now. Anyway, the reason we're re- mentioning it this week is if you and use Unroll Me, be aware of this. We're not saying go and unsubscribe, but if you do, then the point is, yeah, delete your account. This is what I did. I've deleted my account. But then you go into your Google apps and you actually make sure you make revoke sure. permissions. Access.
0: You know what? This is really interesting because this is the second time I've read something about Uber being involved. I read something, I think yesterday, day before, about Uber being involved doing something that they shouldn't have done on the Uber app in the App Store and actually Apple actually this is the same to, article yeah yeah to ban them off the App Store yes again to do it data yeah that's
1: a that's a different thing but they were basically fingerprinting the mobile yes. devices yeah. so that even if it had been wiped they could somehow tell when a new person loaded on that it was the same device it was against Apple Store uh, App Store regulations correct it's not necessarily illegal. It's yeah. just that the App Store said no. That's a can't violation, that. so you can't. So that's why they got in trouble. So it's not necessarily a bad thing they did. And also, the reason they were doing that was because they were trying to protect themselves against all of these people who were fraudulently creating accounts to order Uber uh, drivers to then disrupt their business. So they, you know, they were trying to actually hijack drivers, right? Basically call them out to do things and yeah, they were not there. So it was actually something that Uber was trying to protect themselves from these okay. people. That were, so I kind of see that differently. Yeah. And, in fact, for, from Ubers, I mean, you, you get tarred with the Uber brush these days. They really haven't getting a bad shot. But them actually buying data, it's totally legal. So buying hmm. the, the Unroll Me data, that's totally legal. You know, there was do we think it's actually good, you know, ethical business? Probably yes. not. But, you know, it wasn't illegal. So... Anyway, interesting.
0: It is. It is interesting, and it's interesting how it's all kind of related but can be misconstrued. (laughs) All right, on to our creative top 10 of the week. And this is 10 ideas for segmenting and for sending targeted emails to a cold contact list. So we kind of worked on this together, so let's give it a crack. So the first one is send a breakup email if they have not opened an email for six months. So for those of you who don't understand this, this is basically – one of those emails where it says, look, kind of try to contact you and this is the last time you're going to hear from me and I'm going to delete you out of my contacts. <laughs> so.
1: Yep, so the segmenting there is have an open for six months, which you can do in HubSpot, very yep. easy to do. If they're a customer, and this is one you've said, um, if they're a customer that has an open email for six months, then call them to see if they're getting your emails. And This goes back to what you are saying before. You think you're sending their emails. Maybe they're not it's going into a spam folder or something exactly. like
0: that. So, so, so they delivered. Yeah, yeah, so for a
1: customer this is. Yeah, and that's a good one.
0: Yeah, so this, I guess this segment is not anything <laughs> to do with sending but um, picking up the phone and talking to them. If you're an e-commerce store, use the last order date as the way to target customers who haven't purchased for a while and send them a special offer. So this is a really good one.
1: Yeah, uh, number four. If it's a seasonal business, so tax accounting is always a good one for this. Use a specific cutoff date uh, in, the, in the subject line, yes. so you basically say the segment is people that say we haven 't seen them for eleven months uh, is uh, target those people and you send um, say something like tax tips you need to use before so and so date yeah,
0: absolutely uh, number five test non branded e- marketing emails or emails that you're sending to your contacts. They've not opened the last three months. So you can use that new HubSpot plain email template and just make it look like it's coming from you. I think this is a good way to cut through to the to the people or send a plain text one.
1: Yep, that's a great one.
0: Number six, segment them by industry interest. I send them an email actually sharing a piece of related information that's valuable to them.
1: I really like that idea. How would you segment by the industry? Are you saying that's a custom property or tick maybe like in – oh, it could actually be the industry um, contact field. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Nice one.
0: Um, Number seven, post them a gift, book, notebook, T-shirt, and follow them up with an email.
1: Yeah, that's a nice one to check they got it. Correct. Number eight, I've said if they've visited the site but haven't clicked on an email – then email them asking about the last page they visited. I thought that might be just a way of um, if they see it in the subject line or something, the content, because they've actually visited that section, that's a good way of um, segmenting and then also giving a targeted message. Number nine, Craig? Uh, yep. So if they've filled in a form but haven't clicked on an email, then add them to a list to the sales team to follow up in this kind of group builds on one you said earlier. So like if they're filling in a form, they're interested. But if they haven't clicked on the email that yes. follows that form, could be indicative of a problem. Yep. Which brings us to number 10. Uh,
0: check that they have not unsubscribed from emails that you actually send them. And a good way to do this is to check in the timeline of your contact to see what's happening. But also in the, in the CRM on the top left, you'll see under their email if they're permanently unsubscribed from more emails from you.
1: Yeah, and there's a bunch of things you can do around unsubscribed. So, yeah, you could even, like, you wouldn't try and target customers, uh, target people to send uh, a a breakup email if it turns out they're unsubscribed, right?
0: And the system will drop that. Mm. So you're not going to actually communicate.
1: Yeah, but the point being it's not even worth creating a a smart list to target them. Um, And also it's something, I mean, this is another thing you were saying before the show, it's kind of like if they're a customer and they've unsubscribed, like that's a good smart list to know. Like they're a customer and they've unsubscribed.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, so you've so got that's to another understand. smart list
1: and then give that list to sales. Now to see this up. is
0: interesting because if that and this has happened with HubSpot to me, I accidentally clicked the link and it actually ended up unsubscribing from everything and didn't realise until I never got any emails thinking, ah, oh, I haven't heard from them for ages, then found out from someone on my team that they've been getting the emails and I haven't. And then I actually go, had to go and then resubscribe myself for everything that I was interested in, Okay, so which is painful.
1: We should make this into another shot because I'm actually having this problem all the time. So I've actually, I should contact HubSpot support about this because I go, I, each time I go and fill out a form on HubSpot now, it says, oh, you've unsubscribed. We can't send you emails. Yes. Click an email to go and resubscribe. And I go, oh, okay, I get that. Then I try to resubscribe and it and you doesn't, can't. and then I keep getting. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, that's for HubSpot support, probably. But actually, might be useful for listeners. Maybe that's a common problem. I yep. don't know.
0: So yeah, so check that because I think that's a really key evidence. Like somebody might have accidentally done something that has actually stuffed up their workflow, or stuffed up the workflow, and they're not receiving what they should. Or accept. I wonder if somehow it got into my unroll me list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's unsubscribe. and every time I resubscribe, un-enroll unremol- un- un- me. In. Anyway, there we go. All
0: right. resource for the week, Craig. How can I optimize my emails for better engagement?
1: Yeah, just for a change, we thought we'd talk about emails. Yeah. No, but this there's, is... Yeah.
0: There's lots of useful tips in this about email best practices, and um, and I think it's definitely worth a read or bookmark it for future when you're actually doing your emails to go through it and actually see whether you can make them better. All right, onto our quote of the week, Craig. Now, this says it's from Facebook. Now, anyone could have said this, but I thought it was quite apt. It says, done is better than perfect. And if I think about what we do on a daily basis and how we interact with people and how quickly things move, if you're waiting for things to be perfect, you are just not going forward. So getting things done is actually better than perfect.
1: I agree. Be a practitioner, not a perfectionist. There we go.
0: That's right. All right, on to our shot 10, which is our bonus links of the week. There's some um, interesting things below. Now, we put this there, and we're going to talk more about this next week. It's more about dashboarding. And if for those of you who don't know this, you can have a look at um, – Two things. There's DataBox, the so DataBox.com and dash this.com and basically what this enables you to do is actually bring information to the f- to the front to give it, make it easy for management, maybe even your customers, to actually see what's going on just by looking at a dashboard that show vital metrics like how many contacts have we got, how much is the lead costing us, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll go more into this next week, but there are some good resources to have a look at. And there ends the show, Craig. So we'd love you to join us on WhatsApp, Facebook, communicate with us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, give us feedback. We'd love to hear your feedback and we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes because that will really help us out. Well, I'd like to say thank you everyone for listening and Craig, I shall see you next week. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, Visit us at hubshots.com.